Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, Managing Director of MCG Quantity Surveyors. And today we've got a very special topic, and that is negotiating with sales agents. I put it to you that it can make such a huge difference to your overall outcomes, whether you're purchasing a property beyond market value or at market value or under market value. And there are a lot of nuances to the negotiation that a special guest is going to share with us today. I've got Braden Curry from Oak Lane Property. He's a property investor and property specialist buyer's agent who's going to walk us through all of the process that he goes through to maintain a positive relationship with the selling agent to get the best possible outcome for his clients. It's an awesome interview with Braden, and I'm sure you're going to get a lot out of it. Here's Braden. Braden Curry, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. It's actually been a long time that I've been following your work and a fan, so I'm delighted to get you on the show, especially talking about a topic that you've got some pretty good runs on the board with, and that's negotiating with sales agent. Now, now you worked on the dark side for some time. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I did. I spent five years on the, um, the other side, so learned, um, learned a lot, like really valuable. Um, a lot of insights for just personal investing, but then, um, yeah, finally converted myself to the the lighter side and, and come over to the BA side of things. So. No, that's good. It's good to have you. We, we nearly lost you there for a moment. Um, but the beneficiary of your work as a sales agent uh, are definitely your clients, right? And, and also the listeners today, because we're going to talk about negotiating with agents and you've done some, some great background research and I know this is going to be an awesome thing that people will get some value out of. Can we start with the question of why it is actually important to get the negotiation right? Like what difference can it make a good negotiation as opposed to a bad negotiation? I think a lot of people do put like importance on that process, but I think it's still a lot like undervalued and underappreciated. Um, if you were to buy a property and with, with the same budget, but get $50,000 more equity through that purchase, that's going to compound over the life of the investment or your home or, or whatever it is. So even just a 5% growth on $50,000 over 30 years I think it works out to be about $223,000. So oh, wow. it's um, a, a big return. So, and, worth- and, and you've firsthand, I mean, that sounds like a big difference, you know, saving 50 grand on a $500,000 acquisition. But, you know, in your experience, do, do you see deals like that where it's actually feasible that someone could have got it that much cheaper? Yeah, definitely. I think there's two ways to look at it. Yeah, you can get it get it cheaper, but also you see some deals where it goes the other way and you see what they did pay for it. Um, and they paid, they didn't get it $50,000 cheaper, they didn't pay market value, but they paid $50,000 more, mm. um, which is the, the other side of the coin, which can cost you a lot of time. Um, if, you're, if you're sitting there waiting for the market just to catch up to what you've overcapitalized or how much extra you've spent, you're, you're missing out on that time that you would have held the next property. I moved on to the next one mm. uh, and had them both appreciating. So yeah, definitely a, a big spread and lots of opportunities for people who do it right. That's a huge point, I think. You know, there's the opportunity cost of not being able to be in that second one. You think about a 10% uh, rise in the value. I mean, that that could that could take six or seven years. You know, there's plenty of markets that have sat still for 10 years and, and had a boom and it's not dodgy regional places. It's places like Sydney and Brisbane have had those flat periods, right? Definitely, yeah, yeah. 
So I think if you can manufacture that, not manufacture, but um, but buy that equity upfront if you're buying a property and if you get equity to come with it, you got your, yeah, a foot in the door already. So Yeah, awesome. Now, you've made a point uh, about talking about being in the agent's shoes. Now, we did have a couple of thinly veiled digs at sales agents in the beginning and maybe it's hard for some of us who haven't worked in that space to empathise with the BMD, BMW driving, shiny shoed, uh, sort of suit wearing agents but it is actually important because this is this is not a, a, a binary transaction. This is a personality transacting with a personality. So why do you think it's important to to respect the fact that you're dealing with an individual? I think it's just like just I guess how we react in our own everyday life when we're dealing with other people. Uh, they're getting paid. That client is the seller. That's who they're getting paid by. Um, they've got everything they can to to look out for them. They're also dealing with hundreds of buyers like a week. Um, in some cases, lots of phone calls, lots of inquiries. Like it's it's. I think we all think we're pretty special, and we are. Um, but when you put yourself in in their shoes, um, it's really yeah hard to. I guess, yeah, if you have that expectation and it doesn't get delivered on, whether it should be or it shouldn't be, um, you're going to be disappointed um, and even put yourself on the back foot. If you do rub them the wrong way or, or get them offside, um, it's only going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt them. They're still going to get paid. They're still going to move on. They're still going to get another seller. Um, so really, no matter what attitude you take, we're really, as a buyer, you're in a, a, a lose-lose situation. So you're actually, your advice is actually to, to have zero expectations so you're never disappointed, right? Because if you have high expectations and they're let down, then you might kind of voice that to the agent and then they're not necessarily going to favour you in the transaction because they want the path of least resistance, right? 100%. They're, they're looking for, yeah, exactly, that the, the path of least resistance and you want as much as you can get out of them. Um, so you're really the one asking the favours. Um, so yeah, if you're conscious of that going into it, be grateful when you when you do ask for that favor and they do help you out because you're probably the only one who is grateful for that. So you'll really um, yeah stand out and they'll be more likely to to work with you and keep you up to date with the process and and maybe share a little bit more information than they than they usually would. Yeah, and and they their job is to transact right to list something and to sell it essentially as quickly as possible yes they're motivated to get the highest price if they're a, if they're a good agent but essentially they they just want an easy transaction so because they're so heavily geared to that they've uh, they have had to build a skill set to be really gifted at reading buyer cues right so what are some examples of maybe questions or things that buyers that can do uh that would turn off a sales agent or perhaps make them go look this this is someone that i can do business with the first thing for me is like not being hard work um like i said they're dealing with a lot of different buyers you don't want to be the one soaking up all their time um that's probably one of the the bigger things um so less questions a lot of people i see people other like condescending buyers try and like catch them out or try and um yeah and try and find like a weakness in their or a lack of knowledge somewhere um that's just gonna rub them the wrong way again um so if you're gonna be really polite it's probably one of the biggest ones um people like dealing with people that they like yeah. Um, so just show up. I, I don't like to ask a lot of questions off the bat um, because you do show up as hard work. I'll let all the other buyers ask those questions. Yep. They can do the, the back and forth with the, with the owners, gather all that information. And then at the inspection or, or when I'm there, 
I'll ask them. They've already gathered it. It's easy for them to share that with me. Yep. And also, um, I help strengthen the relationship. They like to be able to feel like they can answer your questions. So I'll even ask some simple questions like, oh, it's been on the market just this week, hasn't it? Or um, this is the price. Isn't that the price they're looking for? Yep. Does a seller live here or is a uh, tenant living here? Like really simple stuff um, yep. just to make them feel comfortable, feel like they're doing a good job. Um, and then they're less likely to push back and feel like they have to try and prove themselves through through like throughout the negotiation. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because when when a buyer is talking to an agent, it's easy to see it as a battle, right? Like they want to sort of try and catch them out and, and display a little bit of dominance because they think it's going to put them in a stronger position. But that agent has influence over who's going to be the ultimate buyer. And we hear about, you know, properties selling to, say, a buyer at the second highest price based on conditions because whilst the agent has to disclose all the offers legally to the vendor, I assume that's the case in, in every state, um, they can they can say, look, we got an offer for for this amount, but there's a lesser amount, and I think they're going to be easier to deal with. You know, the conditions are are better, so it is actually important to have the agent not hate you, right? Definitely, yeah. Well, I I also personally like dealing with people that I like, um, so yeah. I want to be likable, and then and it's easier to get on with them. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, definitely a, a lot better if they don't hang it. The other thing is like, just if you've gone away from an inspection, doing your homework and they're receiving offers, um, every chance they go and present an offer and get it done without letting you know, yeah. um, like that's not something that they have to do. So yeah, another reason you can, another way you can get left out of the transaction. So another question I had is that you, you've described negotiation as an information game. What, what do you mean exactly there? Just the more you have, the the more information you have, the better you can target your direct your offer. Um, you can appeal to the right um, needs of the of the sellers. So just the more information you can get from them, um, the better off you'll be. Normally, a, a friendly demeanor and um, being polite helps a long way in that. But also um, the less that they have about you is also a, a factor, but um, I would never lie in a situation or, or, or mislead anyone anyway. Um, but I think you find that they're not dealing with a lot of buyers. They're not looking to, for lots of long in-depth conversations about your situation. Right. I've bought properties from agent uh, from agents as a selling agent. Um, my fifth property, I think it was, they thought I was a first home buyer. Right. Um, so they gave, they gave that advice. Um, to the owner in a multiple offer situation and said, look, it's a family home for them, family home for me, like, um, let's sell it to him. So like those sorts of things, the more information you have, the more leverage you have at the end of the day. And can you give us an example? Are we talking about things like, let's say you're able to find out that the owner is selling and then going to buy, so they might want, say, a leaseback period? Is that an example of something that you might try and find out where you can sort of tailor your offer to suit them? The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. That's it. Yeah, definitely. So um, that's, that's one way you can help work in with them. So price and terms, like price is often the one that just gets talked about a lot, like the best price or the um, the higher price or the, the lower price, but terms are a massive factor for both parties. 
Um, I know I'd be happy to pay more with my terms or, or pay less with their terms sort of thing. So yeah, that situation, um, other cases where they've already bought and you know that they need to move. Um, so if you can go with a lower offer, but shorter terms, um, that'll work in your favor again as well. So yep. yeah, those, those sorts of things Owner circumstances that is the main goal. Yeah. Uh, this is a bit left field, but, um, spies talk about their trade craft, you know, like what they can yeah. do to, to sort of manipulate situations. And I think that's a good, it's a good word. And I, and I think buyers agents have a type of trade craft. There's some tricky tips and things, little strategies that they employ that make all of the difference. And part of your trade craft begins at the initial inquiry. So you actually strategically think about, well, how do I actually inquire on this property? Can you give some insights about the way that you would inquire on a property compared to, you know, some blundering person like me? Uh, well, I go through a bit of a process and it's not too hard on the, um, on the front end. So uh, a phone call is greater or an email. Um, just ask about maybe a little bit about them, like their, their, how the market's traveling, how they're doing, if they're getting a, a lot happening. Um, but also so in an email, I'll address their name and make a bit of a side comment about the property or something I like about it or I'm curious about. Um, so not questions, not hammering with questions, but just something that they can relate to me when they meet me in person. I'll probably I'll ask the same question again and they'll be like, oh, you're that guy. Like I know who, who you are, where you've come from and feel yep. a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, because they don't want unknown unknown entities sort of coming at them. Whereas if you're able to say, oh, you know, this used to be the fire station, right? And you can reiterate that and then go, oh, there's that guy and he was nice in the inquiry. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Just gets a little bit of comfort and gets gets a little bit below that like professional, which I think we all have today, like that really professional wall we all put up. Yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's really nice and really polite, but you're trying to get a little bit deeper um, to be a little bit more memorable. But um, I'll go as far to change clothes. So I, I suit up for, for client meetings and that sort of thing. But when I go to an inspection, I'll um, dress down a little bit. I don't want to walk in as uh, looking like another agent. Yep. Um, a lot of walls go up, a lot of barriers get put up, and, and that's a bit egos come into play. Um, so, yeah, like dressing for the property would be another thing that I'd recommend. So if you go on beach, like looking for a beachside property, buy yourself a linen shirt and those really expensive sandals <laughs> and roll up. You want to really look like the kind of buyer that they're looking for. So. Yeah. I never I knew there was going to be some gold in this, but I never thought there would we'd be talking about linen shirts. Um, but <laughs> that's just it. Just goes to to show the level of detail that you go to, and you're wanting to sort of you know you you you're really molding yourself to the type of transaction, the type of property if that's not um tradecraft i don't know what is what about issues right because not every property that you're looking at that you think this is a potential is going to be perfect there's going to be things that need to be fixed there's going to be hurdles that need to be jumped how how do you recommend people address these issues well yeah issues are my favorite thing <laughs> i love problems more problems the better <laughs> but yeah so a lot of people think that like they're um, uh, they're tricky or super smart or super clever if they're able to see a, a crack in a brick or, or something like that and and try and point it out to the the agents and, or um, even other buyers or something and just say look this, it's not worth as much because of that. Um, the buyers, the agents probably seen it. The sellers probably know about it. They probably priced it based on that. Mm. Like you're not going to get a reduction off the bat because of that. Um, I frame it more of a question. So like. Um, to fix that issue, I would only have to do this, wouldn't I? Um, so 
propose a solution. Um, it's a soft way to bring up the issue. Um, it lets the agent know that you're aware of it um, and you're not going to come across it later in the building a pest and freak out. Um, and you also know what's involved to fix it. So you're willing to fix it. And it just gives them confidence that they're going to go through. And agents, worst case scenario, is having to work twice for one commission. <laughs> so if you can give them, give them the confidence that you're not going to have to work twice with me, just we'll do it once and it'll be done right. We yep. can all move on. Sort of thing. Uh, that's great advice, by the way. I, I want to ask about like the offer itself. Um, I mean, you're being nice as pie. The agent's happy with you. You're identifying issues and saying like, that's not a big problem. I'd only have to do X, Y, Z, which is completely different to like, oh, there's this problem, so, you know, the price is going to be less. But presumably you're not nice as pie when it gets to the point of making an offer. You're not necessarily going to offer 10% more than what they're asking for. So how do you how do you maintain that connection and that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling you've generated when you're lowballing them on an offer? <laughs> Uh, the best, um, the best question I think of any negotiation is how the seller would like to receive the offer. Yep. Um, and there's two ways you can go about it because you hear people that want to play the game, they want to lowball, um, and then go back and forth forever. Um, or some people like you see Elon making these big offers on these companies, and he's like, "Best and final, that's it. Take it or leave it." Yep. Um, and there's two types of people in the world, um, and they hate each other. <laughs> the other one. So if you try and lowball someone who's um, a best and final kind of person, like a, an upfront straight shooter, um, they're going to get insulted. Um, ego and pride is going to come into it and they're not going to be happy. Uh, and you have to do a lot of hard work to try and get them back on side or willing to negotiate with you. Um, and same with the other way. If you come in hard and strong for someone who prefers to like go back and forth and, and play the game, they're going to be like, oh, well, that's a great offer to start with, but we still want to play the game. So they're going to expect the same from you. Yeah. So the, the best question I, I suggest asking the, the agent is how would the seller like to receive the offer? Would they like us to start high with the best and final or would they like us to start lower and see us drag us up in price to get some wins and, and see that process? Interesting. And is that a question that that selling agent would be used to hearing? Probably not. Um, I don't think they'd hear it much at all. Um, but it does. It's very. It's helpful for them. It's not confrontational. It's nothing. There's nothing difficult about answering it. You're actually just asking them how can you do uh, help you do your job easier, um, because they're going to want to deliver it the way that the seller wants to receive it. Yeah. Um, it's going to make the whole process for everyone better. They're going to have the relationship with the seller. Um, they're going to know that information. Um, so yeah, they'll be they'll be very forthcoming with that, just because it, it helps everyone. That's interesting because I'm guessing that certain sellers would would you know be really offended by a lower offer and they just kind of want to get the deal done. Others would be really motivated by feeling like they won the transaction, so starting low and like we've actually got them up ten or we've got them up another five. Yeah, that's it. and a bit of a I don't know if it's um, the psychology behind it all, but if um, the selling agent says, "Oh, start lower." that's just giving you permission to lowball. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they've just said, you're welcome to offer whatever you want and I'll work with it. Yeah. Um, and if they've gone, no, no they're going to want your best and final or, or thereabouts, it puts the pressure on them to get it done. Like, no, you asked me to come to the party with price and I have. Yeah. Um, so go work your magic. That's what they wanted to receive. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lot better chance of getting it done either way. Brilliant. Um, this all the, all 
all examples of why I sort of suggest to people that um, when you use a buyer's agent, you've got an unfair advantage. What what can go wrong? What have you seen go wrong in these transactions that you think could have been avoided with a little bit of nuance or a little bit of strategy? The biggest um, the biggest killer is uh, on both sides, like when we're in the selling side and also on the buying side, is um, like pride and ego. Um, as soon as you've got those involved from any party, it can be from yourself, there's a buyer, the sellers, the selling agent, the buyer's agent. As soon as that happens, like logic goes out the window um, and we're, we're playing a different game altogether. Um, so that's why it's really important to, to start from the start rather than just coming in cold at the, at the negotiation time. Um, but yeah, so if you can avoid that, that's why we dress down for the appointments. Um, that's why we, we we don't do like negotiation only where we come in at the time of negotiation Yep. because that's just like, right here, here I am the suit ready to, to battle it out. Um, so yeah, if you can keep them out of it, don't talk in absolutes. We don't want sellers committing to certain minimums, um, because then there's pride comes into it. The agent said it, they don't want to go below it. Like, you want to use open language, those sorts of things. Yeah, at all costs, keep pride and, and ego out of it. So. That's difficult. Those are very strong human emotions, but <laughs> great <laughs> advice nonetheless. Braden, um, to finish up, if, if you had to sort of nail it down to say your top two, three, four tips, what, what are the things that you most think that people should take away from this that will help them with their negotiation? I think it's the, um, the approach, like if you can really understand the motives of the agent, um, that's probably a big one to start with to get you on the, on the front foot, asking that question, how they would like to receive the offer, um, like start low, work up or, or best and final. Um, they're probably the, the, the main two. Um, the other one that I'd probably chuck in there, which I, I mean, I touched on is don't debate the market value. Um, so a lot of the people come in and they say like, this is what it's worth in the market for these reasons. Um, and, and then the seller comes back and says, no, this is a reason it's worth this. And it sort of, it, it goes nowhere. Um, you can't really, you can't really, like you're both right. Um, you can draw comparisons to all sorts of price points. Mm. Um, so use language around what it's worth to you, those sorts of things. So yeah, that, they're probably my main three. Yeah, that's beautiful. Braden, um, I've learned a lot and I'm sure the listeners will as well. Thanks for sharing your, your wisdom and your trade craft today. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate your time. Cheers.